where we believe God is taking us into greater things in 2019. And uh, we've said this, and my wife said it earlier, that if you want something different, sometimes you have to do something different. You keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. And so we've been in 21 days of prayer and fasting, and that's going to end uh, here in just a moment when you leave today. Uh, we're going to break the fast together, and uh, we're excited about that. Amen. <laughs> And uh, in week one of this series, just to catch you up to speed, if maybe this is your first time here or you haven't caught the, the previous message, I want to encourage you to go back online and, and, and look those up or get on the podcast and, or get on our website and find those so that you can uh, get the whole message. But in week one, we talked about the power of habits. We said that the small decisions we make every single day affect our lives in big ways in the future. So we can't, we can't underestimate all of the little, small faithful decisions we make over and over and over and over and over again because they're storing up something in you that God wants to do. And eventually there will be a turning point in your life if you continue to be faithful with those things. And then in week two, last week we talked about uh, how we all have some things or at least one thing in our lives that we probably need to let go of. The message was called Let It Go. There's something that you need to let go of so that God can take you where he wants to take you in 2019. But you can't get there if you keep holding on to what you held on to in 2018. And God said, you're praying for more, and you want greater, and I want to bless you, and I want to give you more, and I want to give you greater, and I want to take you where I'm trying to take you. But in order to do that, there's that thing. There's that addiction. There's that habit. There's that, that thing that you do. There's that thing that, that you rely on. There's that one thing in your life that God was saying last week, if you just let that go. If you just let that go and move on, let that go and move on, then I can take you where I want to take you in 2019. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to those if you haven't already. Um, and today as we end this series and we end our 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, we get to give God the first and the best of our finances today. And I, I hope you're as excited as I am uh, to be able to give God in this area. And here, and I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about giving today, and I'm going to talk about money today, and and I don't want you to get all uptight because I believe it's going to encourage you. So don't get all like, you know, don't get all weird on me. Uh, if you came on Give Big Weekend and this is your first time here, we don't talk about finances all the time, but I do believe it's important at least once or twice a year to talk about the principle of giving and tithing and those things in our lives. Because if I don't, I feel like I'm doing you a disservice. You're missing out on something that God wants to do in you if you don't get this. And so I want to try to help you today, and I want to help myself today as we end this series. And I want to talk to you on this topic, uh, now or never. Now or never. Come on, somebody say now or never. Now, as we, as we jump in today, I'm going to try to do this as quickly as I can because we want to leave some time, some special time at the end for what we're going to do. But um, how many of you believe as a church we're, we're called to be a solution to problems? Everybody believe that? Nod at me, give me some kind of feedback or something. Yes, you believe that? Uh, we're called to be the solution. We're not called to talk about the solution. We're not called to want a solution, and we're definitely not called to add to the problem. <laughs> we're called to know, hey, there's a problem, there's a world that needs Jesus, and we're called to be the solution. You are called to be the solution. You are the church. You are the hands and feet of Jesus in the world, and in this part of the world, and in our community, in our county, in our city, we are the hands and feet of Jesus, and we want to, to be solutions to the problems, but to do that, we actually have to begin with a problem. 
So to figure out how we can be the solution, we have to begin with the problem. Now, have you ever, have you ever been in your house and you opened up the refrigerator or you opened up the pantry and, and you were looking for something to cook for dinner or you're looking for a snack or, or whatever? Some of you are going to go home today and you're going to look for chocolate because you haven't had it in 21 days. But, uh, but you open up the pantry, open up the refrigerator door, and there's like this stench that just hits you in the face and it just slaps you in the face. Anybody ever had that happen? Maybe you've been on vacation and you came back and you opened your refrigerator door and you're like, oh my gosh, what died in my refrigerator, right? And maybe it was the maybe it's the potatoes, you know, that were stuffed back there in the back. Anybody ever had that problem? And you forgot that you had those potatoes in the bag back there in the back and they were tucked away. And you open the, the pantry door, or the refrigerator door, and you're like, what in the world? You know, and you're cleaning everything out, trying to figure out what the problem is, and you're smelling of this and smelling of that and smelling of this, trying to until you figure it out and then it almost knocks you over and kills you. Whenever you figure out what it is, uh, or maybe maybe it was the fruit that, that sat in the fridge a little too long, and then when you opened the, the tray of fruit, this has happened to me, you open the tray of, the tray of fruit, and, and when you open it up, it has like this odor, and it's not great. <laughs> and you're like, wow, I'm not eating that, because that is, <laughs> that is terrible, right? And sometimes you even buy it from the store that way, and you get it home, and you open it up, and it's like, why does this smell funny? I don't understand... I don't understand the problem. You know, I just bought this from the store. And uh, there was something that it stunk and it was nasty. And what once was going to be something great to eat was now no good anymore. So something at one time you had bought it and you thought, man, it's going to be awesome what we're going to do with these potatoes, right? I can't wait to eat these potatoes. This is what we're going to use them for. And what once was an exciting thing and something that was going to benefit you, now it's no good to anybody. And, and I want to read you something in, in James chapter 5, and I want to read about six verses, something that James wrote. And James was the brother of Jesus, the brother of Jesus. So this is something that the brother of Jesus wrote down that I think we can learn from today. He says this, starting in verse 1. He says, you rich people, listen, cry and be very sad because much trouble will come to you. Your riches will rot and be worth nothing. Your clothes will be eaten by moths. Your gold and silver will rust. And that rust will be a proof that you were wrong. That rust, check this out, that rust will eat your bodies like fire. You saved your treasure in the last days. People worked in your fields, but you did not pay them. They are crying out against you. They harvested your crops. Now the Lord All-Powerful has heard their cries. Your life on earth will be full, was full of rich living. You pleased yourselves with everything you wanted. You made yourselves fat like an animal ready for the day of slaughter. You showed no mercy to good people. They were not against you, but you killed them. Whew. Some heavy stuff right there. I don't know if you've ever read this in the Bible. <laughs> but I want to talk about it and, and help us out as we prepare today. To give, And essentially, here's what, what James is asking us today regarding our possessions and regarding our money. He says it this way. Are you thinking only about yourselves, or are you thinking about God and others? In regards to the things that you have, and the things that God has blessed you with, and the financial resource that you have at your disposal, what James is asking us today, and what he's asking me, what he's asking you is, are you thinking about yourself? Or are you thinking about what God wants and about other people? See, God cares about people. So 
I want to ask you that question today, and we're going to talk about this for a few moments, and I want to talk about three things really quickly that God wants to teach us as we prepare to give today uh, on Give Big Weekend here in just a moment. Here's number one, if you're writing these down or if you're on the, the Bible app, you can get the notes on there. Number one is this, you are rich. You are rich. James starts off by telling all the rich people to listen. And I know what happened when, when you read this and you read this like, all you rich people listen. And then half the room checks out like, well, that ain't me. <laughs> Whew, I'm glad I came today because I ain't got to listen to this one because I'm not rich. <laughs> not my thing. I can just check out right now. Just, whew. oh, I'm so glad. I feel so relieved. I'm off the hook. All you rich people. But I want to make the point that you are rich. And, and many of us feel this way. We don't feel rich. Does anybody in here feel rich today? You just feel like you got you got more than enough. You got more than enough. Uh, here's here's some reasons why we don't necessarily feel rich all the time. Uh, just two things that that I put down here. Here's number one: we have no financial margin, so we have no peace. We have no financial margin. Here's the reason why some of you and I'm gonna I'm making the point that you are rich here in just a moment. But the reason you don't feel rich is because you have no financial margin, so there's no peace. So, so you spend, and I'm just going to get all up in your business today, and I love you, so remember that I love you. I love you. But this is what God told me to tell you today, that, that you spend everything that comes in plus some. And so you don't have any financial margin. So you're stressed out all the time, and you don't have any peace in your finances. You're worried all the time because you haven't learned, you haven't learned how to budget, and you haven't learned how to honor God in your finances. And you haven't, maybe, maybe and we're going to talk more about this in a minute, but maybe you haven't been honoring God with the first of what God blesses you with. And so you have you have no financial margin, so you have no peace. And that's why you don't feel rich. Well, I don't feel rich because all my money's gone every month. It's gone every month. And and I got, you know, seven days left till payday, and we're just trying to pinch pennies here and there because we're just trying to wait until we get paid again. It's 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 because it's because you have no margin. You need margin in your life. Here's the second reason why I think some of us don't feel rich a lot of times is because we see what everyone else has. <laughs> so we're on Facebook and Instagram all the time and we see what everybody else has. And we say, oh my gosh, they just bought a new car. I hate my car. <laughs> Look at their car. It's a 2019. Mine's a 2010. I hate my car. I need a new car. Babe, we need a new car. We see what everybody else, oh, well, look at their, look at that picture. Look at their, well, they must live in a nice house. Look at the background of that picture. You know, we're not even looking at the smiles in the picture. We're looking at the, the, the tall ceilings and all the, you know, the house they live in in the back of the picture. And then we start, and we're like, I hate my house. We need a new house. I don't know why. I, I don't know why we live here. Why did we even pick this house? I don't know. And we don't feel rich because we see what everybody else. We either have no margin, and so we have no, no ability to do what God wants us to do in our finances, or we see what everybody else has, and we think that everybody else has better than we have, and so we're not content with what we have, and we're not thankful or grateful for what God has given us and learning how to steward it well, and we don't feel rich. But I want to tell you today, here's, here's the reality regarding what we have and, and what we do with what we have. If you have a household income of around $33,000 a year or more, so let's just $33,000 a year. Let's say $30,000 a year. You make $30,000 a year in your entire household or more. Did you realize you are in the top 1% of the world? Of the world. Of the world. 
You make more than $30,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the world. So, so the rest of the world looks at, looks at us, and, they, and we're, we're here because we have no margin, and we, have no, no, we haven't learned some principles that maybe God wants to teach us, or we're seeing everything else that everybody else has, and we don't feel rich, and everybody else is looking at us and think, you make how much money? God has given you how much money? God has entrusted you with what? You're in the top 1% of the entire world if you make more than $30,000 in a year. Can I just tell you today, and even if you make less than that, you're still in the top percent. Even if you make less than that, you're still in the top 5, 10% of the entire world population. Can I just let you in on a little secret today? This is not a point. This could be one point. This could be one A if you want to write that down. Not only are you rich, you are extremely rich. The reason you don't feel rich is because there are some things that God wants to teach you that can change your perspective and change your mindset and change how you handle money. And then you'll begin to feel like, you know what? God has blessed me. God is doing something in me. I feel differently about this. And here's the goal today. The goal isn't to make you feel guilty. The goal is to make you feel responsible. It's not to make you feel, well, oh my gosh, we make $55,000 a year. We ain't giving nothing. Like, pff, why we come to this church? There's, feel so condemned and so guilty. No, the, the, the point of this is not to make you feel guilty. The point of this is to say, you have a responsibility. God has entrusted with you. This is the way God puts it. I've ent- if, if you're faithful with, I, with what I entrust to you, then I can give you more. And so with what God has given you, God says, with what I'm giving you, there's a responsibility. And so I don't want you to feel guilty today. I want you to to sense that there's a responsibility that God has put on your life, that whatever he flows into your life, he's meaning for you to, to let it flow out. Not to just sit. Not to have the consumption assumption, as, as one pastor says, to where we, we feel like everything that comes my way, we assume that everything that comes our way is for our consumption. That if God gives it to me, I'm going to consume it. I'm going to buy something else. I'm going to get something else. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to upgrade this. I'm going to get a better this. I'm going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to pay for this. We're going to do this. And not everything that God gives you is meant for your consumption. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to other people. Because God cares about people. God cares about people. And rich people aren't loved more by God. They're just expected to do more and love more and give more. And I think we've established already, no matter how much you make in this room, you're rich. You're rich. It's not about the amount of money you make. It's about your heart. You're rich. Here's, so the first thing you need to know is you are rich, and as we prepare to give, here's the second thing you need to know, is you need to start giving while you're living because what you're holding is molding. <laughs> Can I talk about this one for a minute? You need to start giving while you're living because what you're holding is molding. We already talked about when you open up the refrigerator and, and you didn't realize, well, I'm just holding on to it. We're just saving it. What, what, how many of you know if you hold on to food for too long, it goes bad? And then the food you've been holding on to for so long, you can't eat it. Nobody else can eat it. It's not going to benefit anybody in your life because you just held on to it. So you need to start giving while you're living because what you're holding is molding. In fact, let's all say that together. Come on, let's just say it. Say, I need to start giving while I'm living because what I'm holding is molding. Come on, one more time. Y'all, y'all don't seem like you're really into it yet. I need to start giving while I'm living because what I'm holding is molding. I want you to get that in your heart, not because you need to feel guilty. 
but because God has entrusted you with what you have. He has given you what you have. He has entrusted you with what you have. And here's what we have a tendency to do. A couple of things we have a tendency to do is, the first one is when we get more, we tend to shift our trust from God to our money. And I think we've all probably been here at some point. We started getting more. We got the, the pay raise. We got the promotion. We got, you know, a new job. We, we paid something off, and we started to feel more comfortable. We started to have some peace in our finances. And then our trust shifted from having to rely on God to now I'm doing pretty good. Now I don't feel as, I don't feel as stressed. Now I begin to rely on my money and my finances, and I take my trust and my reliance off of God, and I put it on my stuff. Because now I have enough stuff. Now I have enough stuff. And I think what God would tell us today, for those of us that feel like, well, now I have enough stuff, I'm not really that worried about it, is that God has entrusted you with more because he feels like he can trust you with more. He feels like he can entrust you with more, maybe because of how you've handled it in the past. That probably has a lot to do with it, with how you've stewarded it and how you've given it away and different things like that. But God is entrusting you with more so our, 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 our shift doesn't need to be from God to our things. Here's another thing that, that happens to many of us is even though we're in the 1% club, we can call it the 1% club, we still worry about our money, don't we? <laughs> so while the rest of the world and even people sitting in this room would look at you and be like, wow, you have, like, God has really blessed you. God is really doing something in your life. God has really get, entrusted you with a lot. God is really, and no matter who you are, God's entrusted you with a lot. He's given you what you have. But a lot of us, we still worry about it. So we're in the 1% club of the world, but we're just like, well, what if my, you know, like, well, I can't give because what if my kid gets sick? Well, I can't, you know, I can't honor, I can't, I can't really honor God in that area because what if my wife leaves me? What if something happens to the house? What if the water heater breaks? What if the car breaks down? What if the, and we're, we're worrying ourselves to death over stuff that may or may not ever happen. And God says, here's the, here's the principle. Don't miss this. God says, here's the principle. God says, if you will honor me with the first and the best of everything you have, that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So we've got it backward. So we're worried about our kids getting sick and our spouse leaving us and the car breaking down and the water heater, you know, leaking and all these different things that are going to cost us so much money. And God says, no, 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 no. Listen, if you honor me with your finances, I rebuke the devourer for you. So, so, so the thing, the bad things that you're so worried about having God saying, I can help you take care of that. And check this out. Isn't God so good? And I can even keep it from happening. If you'll honor me. But it's a principle. It's not that God doesn't want to bless you. It's that God says, this is how you open up the blessing. I want to bless you. But there's a principle and there's a box that you have to open up to receive it. And whenever we decide, okay, I'm going to open the box up and receive, you'll be amazed at what God will do in your life when you begin to honor him first. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. But he's waiting on you to open up the blessing. He's waiting on you to open up the box so that he can begin to pour out blessing in your life. We need to start giving while we're living because what we're holding is molding. And a lot of times we feel like there's never enough. And so we feel like, well, I need to hoard it and I need to keep it. I need to hold on to it. And we need to, you know, we need to, to just hold on as tight as we can to this money just in case something bad happens. We need to grab onto it and hold tight. Because we're worried that there might not be enough. 
And God is asking you today, am I enough? Am I enough? And not only is God enough, I would tell you that God is more than enough. And God has more than enough for whatever you need. But we need to start honoring him first. We need to start honoring God with our finances. You know, I was thinking about the stuff in, uh, in that drawer. I'm going to call it that drawer. Everybody have that drawer? The rest of your house, you know, you got people coming over and the rest of your house looks awesome. And then there's that drawer. <laughs> Some of you have that drawer in the kitchen and you have that drawer in your bedroom and you have that drawer, you know, in the kid's bedroom and you have that drawer, right? And it's, 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 or maybe it's that under the bed, you know. But everybody has that drawer. And I was thinking about, you know, one of the drawers that we have that we kind of, you know, what, it's like that, that drawer that when you find something, you're like, I don't know what to do with this. Put it in that drawer, right? <laughs> I don't even know where this came. And, and most of us were like, I don't even, you haven't seen it in three years, but you're still keeping it for some reason, you know? And, and we were looking through the other day, Amanda was going through this drawer that we have, and it's, uh, and in this drawer was an old cell phone, right? Motorola Razor. Anybody remember the Motorola Razor? Woo, man, you had it going on if you had the Motorola Razor. <laughs> man, flip, flip that sucker open, you know. Sometimes you'd be walking around, people like, I got the Motorola, Motorola Razor, right? But here's what I realized. This, this phone, this phone is, is, is in this drawer. And what I realized, in this, I had this thought that that phone has been in that drawer so long, and we held on to that phone. And now, that phone is no good to anybody. Anybody. You can't even activate that phone. Like, I don't know what you would even do with that phone. Give it to your kids so that, you know, they can play, play with it and it's a pretend phone. But that phone is not doing anybody any good. But here's, here's what dawned on me. Had we given that phone away when we got a new phone, it could have helped somebody. Or it could have been a blessing to somebody. Or somebody that didn't have a phone that was praying, God, I don't know how, you know, my phone just broke and we don't have the finances right now to replace it. And you could have been an answer to somebody's prayer if you'd have just given it away. But now because we held on to it for, my gosh, like 10 years. I don't know how long. iPhone's been around like 12 years now. And we held on to it for so long. Now it doesn't do anybody any good. And if I was to give it to you, you probably couldn't even use it. Because we felt like, well, you know, what if this phone breaks? We better hold on to that phone. Oh, what if, you know, what if we don't like this and we want to go back to that one? Oh, you know, and we're worried about what might happen and we don't give away what we could have given away to be a blessing to somebody. And back then it could have helped them. Today, it won't do anything for anybody. So you need to start giving while you're living <laughs> because what you're holding is molding. It's going to expire at some point. And if you don't give it away, it's now or never. If you don't give it away right now and do what God's asking you to do, then what you hold on to will eventually mold. And it'll eat away at you while it's in the process of molding. So we need to understand that we're rich. We need to start giving while we're living because what we're holding is molding. And here's number three. Number three is this. It all belongs to God. It all belongs to God. If you don't get anything else that I say today and you've checked out, then you need to check in right now that it all belongs to God. Everything you have belongs to God. I heard this story uh, of, a, of a man who... 
his his son, he had multiple multiple kids, but his son, who was the oldest, uh, graduated high school, was going off to college, and to to help, he was going to help with his living expenses. So while he was paying for school and working and and finding a place to live, all this, he said, "I'm going to send you this much money every month to help with your living expenses, so that you can you know you can be stable and until you get into the place where you can uh, be self sustaining yourself." And so he was sending this money, sending this money, and after a few months of sending that money. The son called the dad and said, hey, dad, we've we found this other place that we can move into, and, and it, it's actually a little bit bigger, but we can we can fit more of us in there, and so we're all going to move in together, and it'll actually save us some money. And so, dad, I'm going to save you $100. So starting next month, you know, is that okay with you? The dad said, yes, that's okay. It sounds great. You know, proud of you for doing that. And he said, so next month, you can send me, you don't have to send me everything you've been sending me. You can lower it by $100. And, and that's all I'm going to need to live off of because, because we're, we're finding this other place and it's going to be better for everybody all the way around. And the dad said that, that I didn't, when, I, when I sent the money to him the next month, I didn't lower it by $100. I raised it by $100. And he said, I was trying to teach my son the principle that God honors good stewardship. And so when you figure out how to steward your finances well and honor God in that way, he doesn't lower the amount that he gives you. He says, wow, there's somebody who figured it out. There's somebody who's honoring me. There's somebody who's, who's asking me what to do with the money that I gave them. And because they are, they are honoring me with their finances and they've learned how to steward it well and they're doing it the right way, I can give them more. Because I know if I give them more, they'll help more people. If I give them more, they'll make sure that this gets done. If I give them more, then they'll be more of a blessing. If I give them more, and God says, every time that you steward that well, God says, man, I just want to give you more because I know that I can give you more. I can trust you with more, and I can give you more because you'll be more of a blessing. You won't hold on to it. You'll steward it well, and you'll, and you'll ask God, God, what do you want me to do with this money? Your heavenly Father wants to bless you. But it all starts with honoring him first, and everything you have belongs to God. Well, I worked for my money. Well, I earned my money. Well, I worked 63 hours this last week to make that money. Yes, you did. And you're to be commended for working hard and making that money and earning that money. But here's the principle. (laughs) You're commended for working hard, and this is even in the Scripture. You're commended for working hard, but you're also commanded to give more. And I'm not talking about, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this here in just a moment, I'm not talking about give more like, well, the church, you know those churches, they always just want our money and that's all they're, no. God commands you to give more so that he can continue to bless you. He says, here's what, I, here's what I'm giving you. Will you honor me with this? And if you do, I can give you more. I can bless you with more because I know that I can trust you to be a blessing with what I bless you with. I can trust you to be a blessing with what I bless you with. It all belongs to God. It all belongs to God. It all belongs to God. So for the next few moments, and we're getting ready to, to give and, and uh, do what I feel like God has, has called our church to do every single year. But for the next few moments, I want to introduce to you what might be a new concept to you. Um, but I want to help you, and this is the simplest way I know to help you, because I believe, I really believe that there are a lot of you in this room that you're like, I want to honor God with my money. 
I want to honor God. I want to steward the money well. I know that God will bless me. I know that he's going to take care of me. I know that it's not, it's not a sin to have nice things. So don't even hear that and walk out of here and let the enemy tell you, oh, you need to, you know, it's not a sin to have nice stuff. It's a, it becomes a problem when your nice stuff has you. So it's not a sin to have nice stuff. But I want to introduce a concept to you that may be new to you, and I believe it's going to help a lot of you because you, you want this in your life. I want this in my life. You want this in your life. We want to honor God. It's a desire. We want to honor God. So here's, here's what I want to talk to you about for just a moment. It's this concept. Give, save, live. Give, save, live. So here's how this breaks down in just simplest terms. With everything that God blesses me with, I'm going to give first, save next, and live on the rest. And here's where many of us go wrong. And I told you I love you. I'm not condemning you. I'm just trying to help you today, and I'm trying to help myself today as well. Here's where most of us go wrong. We live and do what we want to do, and then if we have some left, we'll give to God. If we have a little bit left, if things work out the way that they should work out, then we might save a little bit. If things, if things, you know, if, if well, if the electric bill lowers like we're thinking, you know, it's wintertime, and so maybe the electric bill will go down because we have gas heat, and maybe it'll even out, and then we'll be able to give something. And that's not the principle that God put in place. He says, you've got to give me the first. Let me tell you what opens up the blessing of God on your life. Giving him the first. The first. So here's how you know if you're giving him the first. When you get paid, what is the first thing you do with your money? What's the, it's as simple as that. What is the first thing you do with your money? When you look at your checkbook, look, at, look online, look at the app, whatever it is, what is the first thing you do with your money? And let's get even more practical. Whenever, whenever you get paid, whatever God blesses you with, that paycheck or, or that income or whatever it is, that salary, what do you do? Now, do you, do you immediately go online and say, whew, got to pay all the bills? And so you pay the mortgage, and you pay the car bill, and, and you pay the light bill, and you pay the water bill, and you pay the gas bill, and you pay all this. And then you're like, oh, man, whoo, you know, just these bills are just killing us. And, man, I wish we had enough, but we just never have enough to get. We never have enough. And, and, and here's hear my heart. Um, God wants you to have more than enough. But the way that it works is that when you get that, the first thing you do is say, I've got to give God the first. I've got to give God the first. Before I pay the mortgage, I'm giving to God. Before I pay the electric bill, I'm giving to God. Before I do this, I'm going to, get, I'm going to, I'm going to strategically budget so that I can give and then save and then live off the rest. Maybe that's give 10%, save 10%, live off of 80. You know, Give 10%, save 10%, live off of 80, not live off 105. Give 10%. Save 10%, live off of 80. And I th this, would be, this would be huge if we got this. This would be huge if we, if we could get this in our heart. Now, I want to talk to you uh, about giving, which is the first part of this, and what we're about to do. And I'm going to try to hurry through this so we can, we can do what God wants us to do. But I want to talk to you about the give part of this concept because that's what we're going to do in just a moment. So a couple of things that you need to know about giving because I know that there, you know, there are, there's skepticism. You know, some people are skeptical. Some people don't, you know, well, I don't really get it all that well. Here's what we say at Impact Church, and we believe this with all of our heart. When you give, you don't give to the church. You give through the church. You are not giving to the church. You are giving to God. 
You're not giving, you're not giving to impact. You're giving to God. So you're giving through the church so that God can do through this church what he wants to do. Are we going to use that money to reach people? Yes. Are we going to use that money to see, you know, 50 people or 100 people come to know Jesus this year? Yes. Yes. Are we going to give away in our community and be a blessing because God is blessed? Yes, we are. You're giving through the church. Wouldn't it be awesome? In 2017, we were able to give away, I think it was uh, around $21,000 in our community. In 2018, if you were here on Vision Weekend, we were able to give away almost $45,000 in our community. Wouldn't it be awesome? In 2019, if we're talking, you know, January the 5th or whatever it's going to be next week, next year for Vision Weekend, and we're like, man, we gave away over $100,000 in our community because, because we got this principle. And because, and because people said, you know what, I want to be generous. I want to give. I want to, I want to give through the church. I'm giving. I'm going to honor God. When we honor God, he blesses us. When we honor God. So here's the second thing that I want you to know. You're not giving to the church. You're giving through the church so that God can use it how he sees fit. And the second thing is we have Give Big Weekend every year because it allows us an opportunity to put feet to our words and truly say, God, I honor you with my money. Because it's one thing to say it. It's one thing for me and my wife to say, you know what, we honor God with our money. It's another thing for us to pray for the last month about what we're supposed to give on Give Big Weekend to put feet to it and say, you know what, we are, like, we're really going to say, God, we honor you with our money. And we believe that you can do more with what's left than we could do if we kept it all. And we want to be trusted we want God to look at us and say, you know what? There's somebody I can trust with more. There's somebody that's going to continue to be a blessing to other people. There's somebody, and I hope you want that in your life. That's why we do this. That's why we pray and we fast and we give. It's because Jesus said, he just assumed when he was, when he was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, he said, when you pray, and he gave instructions, when you fast, and he gave instructions, and when you give, he didn't say, if you decide. He was saying, like, this is a, like, it was like we were talking about last week with Paul, like, surely you know. <laughs> Surely you know. When you pray, do it this way. When you fast, do it this way. When you give, do it this way. And so we pray and we fast and we give. And for some of us, myself included, here's what we're going to say today by giving. We're going to say this right here. My money does not own me. For, for some of us, this is a game changer. <laughs> when we say, you know what, I'm going to honor God with my money. My money does not own me. I am stewarding what God gave me. My money does not own me. And for some of you, I want to bring the worship team back up. For some of us today, uh, maybe you've never tithed before. And today your step of faith is to, you know what, I'm going to set up a recurring tithe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it here at church or I'm going to go online and I'm going to set it up. And, and I know the days that I get paid. And on that day, I'm going to have a word. It automatically comes out because I want to give first to God. And so I'm going to take 10% of that and Every time I get paid, I'm going to give first to God. Maybe there's some of you that have never, you've just, you've never tithed. You know, you've heard about it. Maybe you don't really understand it or whatever. It's just giving the first of what you get to God and saying, you know what, God, I'm returning this to you. I'm returning this to you. Tithing is really not even giving. It's returning. Giving is what you give above that. So tithing is saying, you know what, God, I'm going to honor you and I'm going to return 10% to you. So that I can have blessing on my finances. So maybe for some of you, you've never done that. And today you're saying, you know what, you're right. Today I need to, I need to 
figure out how I can set that up or if I'm going to do that every other week or if I'm going to give it, you know, here at, at, at church in the giving box or whatever. And you need to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to start tithing. Maybe that's the first step that you need to take. Or maybe for some of us today, you know, you've been uh, tithing or you begin to tithe today, but you're also going to honor God with an extra amount that God puts on your heart. Maybe you felt like over the last few weeks as you've been praying or you've been thinking about, God, what do you want me to give? Maybe God's put a number on your heart. I know that's what he did for us. It was a specific number that we feel like we're called to give. And maybe for you, maybe for you it's $100. Maybe for you it's $10,000. Maybe for you it's $50,000. Listen, listen to me. Listen to my heart. It's not, about the, it's not about the dollar amount. It's about your heart. If God, there's a story in the Bible of a lady who gave less than a penny and all these men are walking through here and they're dropping, you know, 20s and hundreds and thousand dollars in there, whatever. And, and Jesus looks at this woman who gave less than a penny and says, she gave more than all of you. Because she gave everything she had. And for you, you have a million dollars in the bank and you gave a hundred. And for her, she had $150 and felt like I'm supposed to give it all. And I don't know what God's going to do, but I'm going to give it all. And God says, that person gave more. That person was more honoring to me than you. It's not about the dollar amount. It's about your heart. It's about doing what God tells you to do. It's about doing what God tells you to do. If God tells you to give a dollar, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, whatever God tells you to give, that's what you need to give. That's what you need to give. So that we can honor God. Will you stand to your feet? All I'm asking you to do throughout this whole thing, and I don't have I don't have enough time to really go into all the details of everything with giving and stuff. Hopefully there's been enough today for you to kind of grab a hold of what God wants for your life if you'll honor Him. But here's all I'm asking you to do as, as the worship team sings this last song. There are a couple of people that are going to help me out. They're going to bring the giving boxes down here to the front. And you're thinking, well, why are they bringing the giving boxes down to the front? It's not for you to, to for somebody to say, oh, look at them. They're giving. No. It's not for that. I believe it's, it's an act of faith. Say, you know what? I'm going to step out of my seat and I'm going to give. And all I'm asking you to do is ask this question. Just say, God, what do you want me to give? What do you want me to give? What is it that you want me to give? And I think they're going to put, do we have that slide? There are different ways. You don't have to do this. So I know that technology is a big thing, okay? So if today, you know, you feel like God's put a number or a figure or something on your heart to give, you can go You can go on uh, the website, yourimpactchurch.com slash give, and you can do it there. You can give on the app. You can give by texting. All you do is text an amount, whatever that amount is, to 84321. It is so simple. The first time you do it, it'll it'll prompt you to click on a link and set up where you want this to come from. If it's a card, if it's an account, whatever. And then after that, it, it doesn't ever ask you again. It just knows you want it to come from that. So every time you text that amount or text an amount to that number, you're set up and ready to go. So maybe you want to do it that way because it's easy. I don't know how you want to do it. That's not the point. And the amount is not the point. But what I want you to do is I want you to ask God right now, God, what do you want me to give? We're here to honor you. I'll start crying. <laughs> We've been talking to our kids about how mommy and daddy were praying and, and saying we want God's blessing on our family. We want God's blessing on our money. We want God's blessing on our house and our vehicles and everything. And we were talking to them and and we asked them, said, we want you to ask Jesus what he wants you to give. 
And so they started bringing, you know, a dollar here and a quarter here. And, you know, I feel like God wants to give me the, wants, wants me to give this $2 bill, you know. And they started bringing it. And, and my wife, she created these little bags, you know, for him to put money. He's like, as God tells you, hey, I want you to give this. And you just come and you put it in that bag. And so our kids are prepared to give today. It's, God wants to bless you. I think so many times we're missing out on what God wants to do in our life because we're not obeying. We're not doing what God says to do in every area of our life. And I believe this is not about this is not about a bunch of money. God says the reason I want you to give is for you. It's so you can open up the windows of heaven so that God can pour out a blessing on you that you cannot even contain. That's what God says He wants to do in your life. So I'm going to pray, and they're going to begin to sing this song. And when they begin to sing, if you want to come down to the front and you want to give, or you want to give online on your phone or whatever, I just I just pray that God would speak to you. I just pray that God would speak to you. And that we would be obedient today. We would honor Him. God, we thank You today for Your Word. We thank You for this opportunity. God, we see it as an opportunity to give our first and our best to you. So God, I pray. I pray over every dollar that is given today, Lord, that you would use it the way you want it to be used, that you would do with it what you want to do. And God, we're believing for a harvest of souls in 2019 like we've never experienced before because we are people who are honoring you in every area of our life. We thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen.